days ago, I was walking from my hotel room towards the lobby to have some breakfast. And you know, it was a nice day, nothing was really wrong with it. But all of a sudden, as I was walking outside, I did not see it, but I heard a bang. And instantly I knew there was a car accident. Now, interesting enough, the first thought that came to my mind was like, oh, there's people right there, probably it's gonna be fine without seeing what was going on. But then I walked towards the lobby and I looked over to the left and looked over six lanes. And I was looking at it, I was like, whoa, that is not good. Many, many cars were passing. They weren't slowing down much because they all were going into places. And I knew that I was supposed to be there. So I started running. I ran across three lanes. I ran around the, after the barrier. I put my hands up for cars to stop. And they stopped, which is a good thing. And then I ran across the scene, across the street. And as I got there, there was a woman laying on the sidewalk. There was a car in the middle of the three lanes that was pretty banged up. There was a car that had hit a tree that had gotten over the sidewalk and was on the lawn by building, by some uh, complex of apartments or whatever was there, and that had hit a tree. There was a man in a yellow jacket standing there, kind of just warning traffic that something had just taken place. And then there was another man standing there and he had seen the whole accident and was there to do a report. There was a woman, the sister who had been in the car, heart talking on the phone as fast as she could, saying as much as possible, and they could not understand her. I took the phone and started talking to 911 and saying, there is people down here, we need help. And that's when it all hit. There was not the help that I was looking for. I started walking to one person, started talking to them, started ministering to them, and started working with her on the ground. And then I saw the car that hit the tree with the man just standing there kind of just on the side. And as I was standing there, I realized, is there somebody in that car? And I walked over to the car and there was a woman all by herself with the car door open and you heard beep, 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 beep. And she was not willing to turn the car off because she was talking to EMT on Bluetooth. And I kept going back and forward. Something interesting was there. Nobody else stopped. Nobody else seemed to care or not sure what to do. Nobody took authority. And today's show is stand in authority and how do you do it? And what is it once you step into that authority that you need to do to hold on to it? And as I was there, I walked back to the woman, the 16-year-old young woman on the sidewalk. She was down. She was on the ground. It looked like she was going into shock, and it was not a pretty picture. Her sister was trying to hold her head up, and she was really, really out of it as the sister was getting kind of woozy too. And I said something. Can I pray for you? And the instant flashes that will go through your head at that moment is lawsuits, getting in trouble later, and all these different things that the movies have talked about, the media has talked about, and other things. But I asked her, will you give me permission to pray for you? And instantly, both of them said, yes. And I prayed. Now, 
this is the moment you want the perfect prayer, right? <laughs> it did not happen. With all this adrenaline going and a friend that showed up that was talking frantically on the phone. But I prayed and I knew she was going to be okay. I even prophesied over her saying, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Then I walked to the woman in the car by the tree. And again, I asked right in front of EMT on the phone, can I pray for you? And she said, yes. And the interesting part was when I was at the sidewalk with the other two ladies, I was able to pray and they received it. But when I prayed for the woman that was in the car by the tree, the moment I finished the prayer, her mind was already somewhere else with the stress and the concern of what just had happened. And she said, they drove too fast. It came out of nowhere. I didn't really see what happened. In other words, it's their fault. And then the next thought that she said, this is a loner. This is not my car. And I was able to tell her, I said, you're alive. Don't worry about the car right now. It's going to be okay. As the ambulance showed up and the fire department came and they all arrived and they took over, which I was so thankful for. They started bringing the one woman into the ambulance and then they brought the second woman in the ambulance. And then they had to wait later for the other car. And as I saw all this going on, they asked me my name, the two sisters that had been down. And I gave them my name, but there was too much commotion going on. So then I left. I was no longer needed. And something glimpsed my eye. The man in the yellow protection shirt that stood there all that time, I was wondering, were you an angel? Were you standing there to alert traffic to slow down? that we're all thinking of what would be next for them and not on the circumstances in front of them. There may be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cars that had just passed, but all kept going. I was wondering, who are you? My second question was, why did nobody step into authority to take a stand to start making a difference? And then I left. And this is crucial for you to know now how to handle the situation when things happen and they come out of nowhere in what to do next. Because as I left, I ate some breakfast and then chose to do my prayer walk. I walked and I prayed. That's just something I do. Everything reflected through me. And the thoughts that were coming in my mind were, you did not do that right. You did not pray right. You didn't ask them even if they knew Jesus. You should have handled it better. Why didn't you take more authority and command them to heal that moment? Why are you not a better person than you are? You're not praying enough. And because you're not praying enough, you were not able to do what you were supposed to do right then that moment. And it kept going through my head over and over and over again. And then all of the sudden, I caught it. And I said, Satan, shut up. I am not receiving those thoughts. I might not have done things perfectly, but I did the best I could. And God Almighty himself can do the rest. They are alive. And the interesting process that happened here, when you ask to be used by God Almighty and 
situations are thrown literally right in front of you and you start ministering and you notice there's not all the people there that you think they might even have should have been there or stopped you let all that go because it's no longer about what other people should be doing but it's about the position that god almighty has put you in at that moment and the authority that you stand in and what you need to do next and when you leave the scene instead of talking thinking and diminishing the anointing over the situation that just took place and taking all that away by defeating thoughts, destroying what just happened and what you believed in. Instead, what you need to do at that moment is to start praying for what happened and what is next. Instead of saying, I was not good enough. Why? Because that is the moment when you start praying for the situation and not against it, that the continuance of the anointing will take place. It was a hard lesson for me to learn. Also, I realized that things happen and you make the best of it. Doesn't it say in the Bible, when I was weak, you, your strength, God's strength showed? Doesn't it talk about that? And that is my friend, what God wants to share with you right now. You stand in a 40, but you let God do the rest. That night when I went to bed, I woke up again in the middle of the night. And again, there was a struggle. Again, there was a battle. And then again, there was, well, Barbara, you work too hard. You do too much. You want to spend an hour and a half with God every day. You do anything you can. But with all the circumstances in life, the last couple of weeks, you only got in 30 minutes a day plus reading. And again, I was beating myself up. And something absolutely beautiful came out of that. Because of the accident, I learned the thought process, what takes place, the aftermath. But after that, in the middle of the night, God showed me that it's not about what I can do to gain what I want to do for God. It's about me doing what I can do and God will do the rest. And it's not the three times a prayer that will God just all of a sudden turn into a fairy tale and just do it all. Yes, praying three times a day is the best thing ever. But when there are circumstances in life that cause situations that you do the best you can, it is up to you to hold on and to stand in truth and to release all that and to go by it in God's way. It's not up to me with my obedience patterns that I put on myself, how God is going to function. And that, my friend, is for you too. It's not by works, but it's by Him. And this is the most beautiful moment because when you allow God to be in control, everything changes. The accident was no longer of what I needed to do. The accident was now what God was going to do. And it changes everything. There's a lot more to this that I think that will really help you. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
At Bark TV, we deal with all kinds of different situations, and many people are calling in for needs. People that are struggling with demonic issues, people that are struggling with relationships or with health issues, and many different things. It is an honor to serve you, it's an honor to help you, and it's an honor to show you models and stories of how things can go right. Our goal is to show you the problem, to show you the process, and then to show you the solution that God has, not just for the people that come on the air, but also for the people that God wants to help you with and bless with. God wants to be there for you, God wants to show you, and God wants to guide you. It does cost money to do those things, and it would be an honor if you would consider to help us and partner with us to make a difference, not just in the United States, but all over the world. We have a plan, we are part of God's plan, and God wants to make a difference. Donate today and be blessed. So I was there in the middle of the night and, and, and you wrestle with things at night and all these thoughts came that it had to be about me doing things for God and God telling me, this is not how it works, Barbara. It is what I am going to do through you. It's not you making brownie points to try to do what I want. It's the opposite. And when you grasp the unimportantness of that, it's not about you or where you want to go, but about what God wants and what he's going to do through you, it changes everything and like at 12 midnight I'm starting to read scripture and this is one way for you to start stepping standing in that authority is to start reading God's word declarations promises and what that does is that you start to see who God is and you start stepping into his authority by doing that and I just flipped my Bible open in the middle of the night and I ended up in Jeremiah and I was reading something. I'm like, really? The besiegement of Jerusalem and the Babylonians coming in and God saying, Jeremiah, go buy a piece of land, but this city is going to be destroyed by fire and it's going to be taken, but buy the land for full price anyways. And I'm like, Lord, really? I, I'm reading that right? What does that have to do with authority? It has everything to do with authority. And I kept reading several chapters. And this is a couple of things out of that huge segment that was speaking about the authority of God and the authority that was given to Jeremiah in what to do, which made no sense. And it says in Jeremiah 32, starting at verse 16, after I, Jeremiah, had given the deed of purchase to Baruch, the son of Neriah, then I prayed to the Lord, saying, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you. He is signing a deed. He is signing a contract to buy a piece of property. And he's saying, nothing is too difficult for you. And then a little later, this is what happens in verse 24. Behold, the siege rams have reached the city to take it. And the city is given into the hand of the Chaldeans who fight against it because of the sword, the famine, and the pestilence. It has been a hard time. A car accident is a hard time. And what you have spoken has come to pass. And behold, 
you see it. You have said to me, O Lord God, buy for yourself the field with money and call in witnesses, although the city is given into the hand of the Chaldeans. That's the moment we will say, are you crazy? Do you see what you're doing right now? But then, then the word of the Lord responds. It's not the self-defeating thoughts. What am I doing right now? This makes no sense. I should not do this. Wait, I'm changing my mind. No, because then the Lord responds to the obedience to the prophetic word that was given. Then the word of the Lord in verse 26 came to Jeremiah saying, the answer to what he had asked before is anything too difficult for you? And guess what God says? Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too difficult for me? Wow. What we learn here is that we, when we make it all about him, he is going to use you to make it all about him. And it says in Genesis, right in the beginning, with creation, what your job is to step into the authority like Jeremiah did in a situation that made no sense at all. But it was the promise of God what would come later during that time. And in Genesis 1, verse 26, it says this, Then God said, Let us make men in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I have seen some creepy things. And guess what? You can rule over that. The big word is here. God is saying, you rule over it. You take authority. You make it happen. You stand up for what needs to happen. There are many situations, my friend, in your life that you get stuck. You don't know what to do with it. But God has the answer. Even if everything seems impossible, there is an authority that the Lord has already given you that you need to see in how to step into that. I'd love to pray with you and connect with you and share even more with you. If you want to call us, 855-515-5550 or go to our website, barbtv.org. But it's not just about ruling here. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, shed His blood for you so you could step even more so into that authority. And I'm very excited to share with you, just right after the break, what that authority looks like and what it is that you also can do next. Stay tuned. Peace is beautiful. However, finding peace is not always easy. But the result when you get there is life-changing. Are you ready to dream bigger, pray bigger, believe bigger, and live bigger? If you want to break free from dull Christianity and transform to a vibrant, active believer, what are you waiting for? Dare to Believe Big teaches you to believe like never before. It is time to grow, evolve, and expand. Discover four words that can transform your life. Are you ready to build a relationship with God? God has incredible plans for you. 
It is an exciting opportunity. And you can live each day with a high expectation of what God will do next. Don't wait any longer and sign up for your new free membership. Sign up now and get a free gift at daretobelievebig.com. So in Genesis, God already told us to rule over the world and over every creepy thing too. There's even more because Jesus assigns the 70 disciples at the time for the exact same thing and gives them authority. And I really encourage you to read Luke 10, the entire chapter, because I'm going to have to pull just a couple of things out right now because of time. But here it says right there, when Jesus is sending them out, he gives them a whole thing, how to go about that. He sends them out by two. And then it says in verse eight, whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat what is set before you. And then it says this, and heal those in it who are sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. This is significant because when the healing takes place, they're not told to go pray for the sick. They're not told to just go do something for the sick. They're told, go heal the sick. Go take care of it. Why? Because Christ is inside of them. They believe in Jesus and they are so going to do the command and do it in a 40 because Christ is inside of them already. It's not say, oh, I pray you feel better tomorrow. No, you do it and you stand for it. How do you get comfortable with this kind of an authority? Well, first of all, you got to see it's not about you. It's about him. And even if you pray for a hundred people and you hit the home run and one person got healed with that hundred people, it was worth the hundred people you prayed for. And the more you connect yourself with who he is and that it's all about him, the more God will start to use you and work through you and give you that authority to step in it. It's our self-defeating thoughts that stop us, not God Almighty. The 70 come back. They have been sent out by Jesus. And they say the following when they come back. In verse 17, the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. I think he was ticked, that devil. Behold, I have given you authority. There it is again, my friend to stand in authority, to tread on serpents and scorpions and all over the power of the enemy. Nothing will injure you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice to this, that the spirits are subject to you, subject to you but we ro- rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. It's not about you. It's about him. And once you get this, Everything changes. After the accident, a day later, I received a text. And I'd like to read it for you. It was the woman, it was the mother of the two sisters that were in the accident that were laying on the sidewalk. And this is what it said. Good morning. My name is Keisha. I am the mother of Janisha and of a 16-year-old. The girls you stayed and prayed and yesterday after the car accident on Howie and Hallmark. I am their mom. I would like to thank you for moving and responding so quickly to be with my girls and pray with them. Wow. Was I going to get a lawsuit? (laughs) 
Did I not do enough? I should have prayed better. I didn't have my act together. I should have done more. It's not what she says. That's what I thought. But it goes on. We are believers as well. So when I got the call from my assistant, who also just happened to be driving by on her day off, I dropped and prayed. There is nothing too hard for our God. Whoa, that is right out of Jeremiah. Nothing is impossible with God. I am pleased to report to you, both girls are doing well. I prophesied they were going to be okay. And then afterwards I say, what did I just say? My youngest has a concussion and they both will be sore for a few days. It could have been so different. At first, the doctors thought the youngest neck was broken. I told the doctor, we do not receive that authority all over again. She said, we do not receive that in Jesus' name. I pray you continue blessing and praying over strangers. Thank you again for being obedient to the spirit of God that moved you to run down to my daughters. They told everyone who came to visit about you. God bless you, my dear sister in Christ. You think I got God bombs during that text? I did. Because what looked so insignificant to me was the best thing that ever could have happened to them. God strategically will plan for you to be in situations that come out of nowhere. And it is not your job to think or feel how insignificant you are or that you're not good enough or that you're not praying enough or that you're out of line of where you need to be. But it is your job to follow through and then to pray over the situation and to dismiss all the self-defeating thoughts that are trying to stop the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ that is on your life. He has anointed you even more because it says in Mark 16, verse 16, what will happen to those who believe? As he sends out the people, it says this, he who has believed, let me back it up one, in verse 15, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to creation. That includes accidents, that includes talking to strangers, that includes whatever God puts in front of your path, my friend. He who has believed and has been baptized, that includes you, shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed in my name, authority. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, that is the self-defeating thoughts, that is the enemy, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That, my friend, is the authority that Jesus Christ has given to you. You have to step into it, you have to stand into it, and you have to follow through with it. And I just want to say right now, if you don't know that Jesus, all you have to do is ask Jesus to come into your heart. Believe what he has done for you, and you too can step into that authority to make a difference. I'd love to connect with you. I love to speak to you. So let's say a quick prayer right now. If you want to get to know that Jesus, 
Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I believe that you died on the cross and rose from the dead for me. And I confess the mistakes I have made. If you did that or want more authority, call us 855-515-5550 or go to our website, barbtv.org. God believes so much in you that he's made you part ruler with him and given you authority to be even a stranger in situations you thought you never would be and to make a difference and minister to people. Again, 855-515-5550 or go to barbtv.org. God loves you. God believes in you. God wants you and God wants more for you. God loves you and so do I. What does the word ecclesia mean? How did the word church get into the Bible? Actually, from uh, what Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia. That's the Greek word that was used in Matthew 16, I think, verse 17. I think that must have happened to you, that you felt that ecclesia was not in place. What about, <clears throat> have you had work as an entrepreneur or a business that you started that went sour? Into the word to discover what went, what went wrong. What happened in my experience in, in the teachings and in the practice that caused this to happen. <laughs> <laughs>